Discover the leader in you with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, former New England Patriot turned PhD. I bring a new brand of inspiration and passion to audiences worldwide. Having served and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, the National Football League Players Association, and the White House, each week I will prescribe empowering, motivational, and life-changing medicine for your soul. Now, it's time to discover the leader in you. Well, hello, everybody. It's Dr. Jason Carthen, the Leadership Linebacker, and I'm excited to be with you today. We're going to have a very exciting show, a show that's going to add a tremendous amount of value to you. And just want to let you know, we're excited. This is Season 3, Episode 11 of Discover the Leader in You. And just want to let you know that there are different phases to anything that we encounter in life whether it's our relationships, our own personal growth and maturity, or even the evolution of our business or work life. But the key is whether or not we're prepared for those stages and phases. In fact, whether we are successful or experience challenges or moments of failure will be based upon our preparation or willingness to adapt to what we encounter as we seek to evolve and grow. You know, and one of the things I often share with my coaching clients is to always do their due diligence before starting anything or just to maintain a very high level of performance. One area of business where this is crucial is a launch. Some of you may be asking, what is a launch or how can something like that help me? Well, on today's show, boy, do we have a treat for you because we are going to be talking about the importance of having a go-to market strategy or GTM prior to launch with Dragana Mendel, president and principal consultant of Anagard LLC, who will give us insights into the inner workings of a launch and its importance. But before we do that, just a couple of housekeeping items. I always want to let you know that we would love to interact with you. If you want to give us a call, this is a live show. You can call us right here in the studio at 1-888-281-1110 or tweet your questions to me at Jason Carthen. We'd love to engage you. There are thousands of followers with me on Twitter, and we just love to interact with you a little bit and just kind of uh, expand this even more. Now, just for something that all of you have been waiting on and something I've been working on diligently, my book is complete, everybody, and it's time for some pre-orders and to get ready for some of the bonuses that I've bundled into the book release. You know, we're talking about 52 ways to Tackle Leadership for Your Success. And this is something that is going to be amazing. A lot of the uh, pre-comments have just been uh, powerful about how it's going to be helpful to other people, whether you are a, a mom or you are a dad or someone in business, a C-suite executive, this book has value for you. So make sure you navigate over to jasoncarthen.com. You can click right on the uh, blog area and you'll see the pre-order information right there on the right side. Sign up for updates so we can get you all squared away and you have access to some of these bonuses. I'm bundling quite a few things with it. Now, without further ado, let me read you a little bit about Dragana. And, you know, I'm excited. She's done so much in a very short period of time, but she is a management consultant and the founder of Anagard LLC, which works with startups to develop their technology commercialization pathway and with small business owners to develop their growth strategy. She has over 18 years of experience in launching new high-tech products to the market with a specialization in software IT, clean tech, and telecom sectors. She works with executive management to identify the best market segment 
for a startup to enter the market, grow, or pivot, and then she develops a comprehensive business plan and strategy. We know how important a strategy is. Prior to founding Anagard LLC, Dragana had been in charge of corporate and business development for a number of emerging growth high-tech startups, renewable fuels, renewable chemicals, LED lighting, digital signal processing, small wind turbines. This lady is something else. (laughs) She's been doing a lot over a period of time, over 15 years as a product manager and software engineer for IBM. And she also honed her new product development skills with multinational corporations where she was instrumental in successfully launching dozens of new software, IT, and telecom solutions to the market Dragana, how are you today? Uh, hi, Jason. Well, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for inviting me to the show. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, I'm, and I'm really honored to be invited to, to your radio show today. Absolutely. Hey, you know, I've been excited to have you on. And when I looked at a little bit of your background and just you, you, you've done so much in a very short period of time, but you still seem very down to earth. Just in our email communications, you seem like a really uh, professional but very diligent individual. So, <laughs> well, just, thank you, absolutely, thank you. absolutely. We're excited to have you on today, and and we're going to pull back the covers a little bit here with this whole idea of a go-to market strategy. But before we do that, am I pronouncing your first name properly? Is it Dragana? Well, I think most of the people will say Dragana, but uh, so I'm kind of used to it by now. But uh, back back home in Serbia, where I'm from, uh, people will pronounce my name as Dragana. Dra- oh, I like that. That's even <laughs> more unique, Dragana. Okay. Yes. <laughs> very good. Very good. So, now, Dragana, with some of the things that are related to a launch, sometimes this can be a little mysterious to people because when you think about launching, most people say, hey, I have this product, this service, this book, or whatever it may be, and I just want to put it in front of people. But it sounds right. like from some of the things that uh, we've been able to talk about prior even to the show and seeing some of the information that you have been able to put forth, it's a little bit more complicated than that, wouldn't you it's say? Def- it's definitely more complicated than that. And uh, first of all, let me congratulate you on getting your new book out. Oh, and, thank you. And uh, as, as you know, uh, and as you will know uh, in the future, it's, uh, it's hard to actually launch the product to the marketing, including a book. Yes. Um, and things have changed over the last 10 years mm-hmm. in terms of how businesses are being run and uh, how new products are being developed. Um, I have spent most of my career uh, in research and development uh, in the software industry. So back then when actually I was writing a code, and the last time I wrote a single line of code was six years ago, it was more expensive to have a team of software engineers developing a product than it was to have sales and marketing. Uh, today, that has actually changed. I think we're all using uh, the cloud services of a variety of sorts. So that makes all of us more productive. We can do more things with paying less money for different software platforms. So that means that a lot of people all over the world can make new products or services much quicker. Yes. So what that means that you can build it, but that does not mean it will come. 
<laughs> I like that. <laughs> you know, back then when I was uh, when I was an engineer, being uh, uh, being part of the research and development team, like all engineers, we just love, love, love to build new things. Because and that's why we went to school. That's why we chose that career path. Right. But that doesn't mean the customers will come. So that, there's that philosophy of build it and then they will come. Uh, it really doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Now because there's so much competition and so much noise in a world with social media everywhere. Everybody can stand under the soapbox and say, hey, I have a new gadget, come and buy it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, so from that point perspective, it's really important to start engaging to your potential customers, the people do you think will buy your product or service very early on, before you actually spend any time and money and effort into building building a new product. Now, Dragana, is that, and I love that. Thank you for sharing those nuggets because <laughs> many people, like I said, they don't understand the inner workings of the whole launch piece. But that last component that you shared there, the whole idea of start engaging with people prior to. Now, is that something that anybody can do? I mean, can you kind of let people uh, sort of gauge their interest or maybe give away some free things so they kind of know whether Absolutely. or not? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. okay. So unpa- yes. unpack that a little bit for us. I mean, Absolutely, it- yeah. And uh, that is the beauty uh, of the world that we have today. We are living in a globalized world, and it's really easy to connect with pretty much any anyone around the world. And, in fact, that's how you and I connected. We connected over to Twitter and uh, uh, talked a little bit and decided to, to have this show together. Yes. So from that perspective, if uh, uh, let's, let's, let's use your book as an example. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a good example that everybody can relate to. So instead of spending months and months and months in writing the book and spending all these months uh, editing the book and making it just perfect, you can go out on social media and start talking on social media. Twitter is a great place to engage with people you don't know. It sure is. And mm-hmm. say, hey, I have this idea uh, about this topic to write a book. What do you think? It would be you, would you, uh, is there something that is interesting to you? Uh, it's really easy today to put a, a website with just a few pages uh, and give the outline of the whole book or, or, whole, or the service that you have in mind and just engage people. Say, hey, this is what I think I have. What do you think? How do you, how do you get to the, the knowledge today that you need to do your job or go about your daily life? Uh, what is the most frustrating thing to you in your in your job or your daily life? What do you wish you can have? So kind of like start asking those open-ended questions to probe people about, so you can discover what is their pain point. Yes. And then you can figure out if you can fix it. Dragana, that is so awesome because that's what I did. I mean, really, <laughs> my book cover, my book title, I asked people well in advance, and I have an inner circle um, that actually receives a lot of information from me every week uh, if they sign up on the website. And I went to them first, and then I put it on Twitter, and then I put it on my Facebook page, Jason Carthen Enterprises, and I, and I asked them, I said, hey, what do you think about this cover? What do you think about this title? And you would be surprised. I mean, people started flooding it with comments, you know, well, I like this, or I don't like that, or that sounds too technical, or whatever it may be. And it was it was great. So your point, I mean, like I said, you're adding tremendous value because this makes a lot of sense. And I also like 
the idea of what you said about open-ended questions. Many people, from a qualitative standpoint, they don't really understand until they start asking those open-ended questions that people will give you so much creativity with their responses. Right. And actually, that's the kind of the, the uh, thought I would like to tag along about the open-ended questions. So to, to use more specific terms, that's part of the customer discovery and what a customer needs needs are is part of the market research. Uh, so I know it sounds very technical, but you can do that in two, two ways, just like you said. It can be quantitative, uh, sending out survey, and marketeers, they like to send a long survey. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> And then what happens? People see how long it is, and they say, "Oh, forget about this." Yep, very <laughs> I'm not quickly. Do it. Yes, <laughs> I remember. It, it's so funny. I love that you're sharing some of these nuggets because I yeah, remember so when it, I was. It, I mean, when was the last time you have sent out uh, a finished the survey that was like five pages long with ten pages? Oh, it, ten questions. It's not going to happen. It's, it's not, not going to happen. happen. <laughs> so you know, and and Dragon, we're going to take a break here in a couple okay. of minutes, but. I think one of the things that uh, the people need to understand, and maybe we can pick it up a little bit more after the break, but I think one of the things that the people need to understand is that it doesn't matter what your product or service is, but if you get out in front of it, uh, whether it's maybe a fitness uh, business or a supplement business or consulting, like what you and I do, I mean, it's one of those things, as long as you get out in front of it, and you really figure out exactly how you want to position it, you can cut through a lot of the noise. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is the beautiful thing about uh, the other part of the market research, the qualitative research, which is going and talking to the people. So when you have your ideal fictional customer in mind, you don't really need to talk to hundreds of people uh, you only need to reach out to anywhere between five or seven people and talk to them for half an hour and an hour about what is the problem they're facing in it, uh, for the product you think you're going to buy. Mm-hmm. And with that, you're going to get a lot of information. You're going to get uh, 80% of your questions answered. So you can really design the product or service that you know these people will actually buy. Wow. So it's uh, it's uh, talking to people face-to-face or over the phone, it is so much more powerful than sending out thousands of surveys that people actually don't want to click. <laughs> now, <laughs> and see, the that's the thing, Dragon, because I think many people kind of get tripped up with the very first thing that you shared. Now, I want to pick that back up when we come back from break, because the reality is that many people don't know how to segment who their actual perfect customer is. So we're going to talk about that when we come back from break. Hey, everybody, you are on with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, and we are talking to Dragana Mendel of Anagard LLC, and she is really giving us some nuggets to start off the show. We'll be right back. Stay tuned, everybody. Well, welcome back, everybody. We are having an amazing show. I mean, I know we're always adding value. And today, speaking with Dragana Mendel and the whole idea of Anagard LLC, just being out in the forefront of helping people develop a go-to-market strategy or GTM. And specifically, before we went to break, we had sort of transitioned with the whole idea of making sure you know 
who your target audience is. I don't care what type of launch strategy you have in place or how much money you're ready to spend through marketing, whatever it may be. If you're targeting the wrong people or you're targeting someone that is not your ideal client, then we're going to have an issue <laughs> right out the <laughs> gate. So, you know, Dragon, what, what can we do to figure out exactly who we should be targeting in the first place? Isn't that important? Right. Oh, that, that is absolutely important, uh, especially uh, if your product is a business to the consumer, uh, because we, uh, we all are different. We have different backgrounds and age groups and uh, preferences and gender and uh, family structure. Uh, we have different purchasing uh, patterns. So it's really important to reach your customer where your customer shops. Yes. Um, and... Uh, for example, you know, even, even talking about the social media platform, it's like everybody's on Facebook today, but we all use Facebook in a different way. Yes. Uh, and actually, one of the uh, customers I, I was working last time, uh, they, had a, they have a product, they have a vision to kind of disrupt the way we are sharing uh, family information, personal information, uh, and be more specific about uh, the things we want, uh, we want to share with a, co- a small circle of people. Mm-hmm. So in the course of the, uh, the market research and uh, kind of talking to the customer and trying to understand how people are communicating today uh, on, on a very personal intimate level, not just talking to the whole world. Uh, it was surprising to me to find out that there is a difference between young men and young women. Oh, okay. um, young men, they prefer to, to socialize on YouTube. They like to watch videos and comment on videos. While, and they also, surprisingly, they like to talk their, to their friends over the phone. Yes, yeah, that's changed. It's changed, but not <laughs> young women. Not young women. They don't use phones. They prefer to be on social media to talk to their girlfriends. Why do you so think that, that is? Isn't that I a... don't know. <laughs> okay, so we need to do some <laughs> data not... research. <laughs> that was just what they, what they told me. Uh, but the, so it's really important to kind of go through that research and survey. Yes, I know it's a long survey. Talk, uh, but that filtered out my biases because I'm middle-aged, I'm, I'm a mom, mm-hmm. uh, I'm an immigrant, mm-hmm. and I always have to learn, because I'm so different from everybody else, I always have to observe and watch uh, the different groups, that uh, pretty much everybody's different from me. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I see as my strength, um, observing other people and learning, because I cannot apply my own cultural uh, upgrading and assumptions because it's not relevant here in the United States. Right. But but you know what? And I think, uh, Dragana, we have to remember, sometimes we can become so insulated. I mean, your example is perfect because, you know what, even though you are from Serbia and you consider yourself an immigrant, you are here and you have value to add and we're better informed because of what you have to add. So, by adding uh, your context to our situation, it helps us all grow and develop. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank oh, you. absolutely, absolutely. I, and I think at the end of the day, for some of the things that uh, we are trying to do, for those yourself and myself as well, in business, we need as many varying viewpoints as possible, especially 
if we're talking about this whole idea of launching anything or market research and just the depth that you have to go to figure out who your ideal customer is. Right. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And like you say, you know, kind of going back to the, the book development, um, people are working in small teams. Uh, we all we, we work closely with a couple of people, and we all have our own preferences. You know, I like purple. Uh, some other people may like orange, so yes. they want to stick with orange and, and purple as the theme. But without testing it, <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> what the customers really think, that may be a really bad color combination. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and and it's so funny because I mean, you are you sound like a scientist. <laughs> the way I you're, am a scientist. Well, there we go. <laughs> I, I, you know, that master in computer science doesn't go away, and uh, <laughs> actually, the science of the marketing has changed because everything has become uh, digital, and we have a lot of data to analyze. Yes, uh, that yeah. still needs to be weaved in with what we the feedback we're getting from people actually talking to us. Yeah, but you know, and I guess, Regana, here's the thing that throws me off, and, and some of the people, some of my clients I've talked to over the years, when we're talking about this idea of this go-to-market strategy and trying to test what will work, people get intimidated. I mean, mm -hmm. immediately, I mean, I have a background, I'm scientific as well with the whole PhD yeah. and doing mm -hmm. the things I had to do, uh, but the reality is it can be very intimidating when you start talking about split testing, quantitative ANOVAs and, and all these <laughs> other things. That can be overwhelming. What's an easy way if someone wants to do some market research to get ready for a launch? What's an easy way? And I know I'm putting you on the spot, but mm -hmm. what's an easy way to sort of help them figure out who that ideal client is and then how they can begin to target them like right out of the gate? Right, I think it's going. Uh, the easiest way is uh, going back to being going back to the analog world and actually talking to people. Okay. So the challenge is to really think about uh, the problem that your uh, target customer has, mm -hmm. and ask them open-ended questions. It's like, okay, so in your job, what do you do today? How do you accomplish your tasks? Uh, what is the most aggravating thing that you do in your day over and over again? And keep probing there without asking, hey, would you like to buy my product? I mean, if, they, if you ask a question, would, do you like this, 99% of the time the answer is going to be yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because people are nice. They don't want to be mean to you. Yes. <laughs> you know, they want to support your entrepreneurship <laughs> spirit. Oh, I like that. That's but so cool. they're not giving you... Uh, they're actually not doing you a service because, you know, they're encouraging you because they want to be nice and they don't want to offend you. But then so you can go back and say, hey, the people told me they like my idea. Was, of course. I mean, I'm not going to say I, your idea is not going to work. People are just not doing that. Mm -hmm. um, so spending some time thinking about open-ended questions that you're going to ask, put that on a paper, and then finding uh, half a dozen people that will fit that your your ideal profile and ask them uh, those same questions and interview them for an hour, half an hour and an hour. Mm. Really get get to understand what they're doing. So okay. if you if you had you know half a dozen people asking the same questions uh, after that after the sixth or seventh person, you're going to start seeing the patterns developing. Okay. Okay. I really like and, that. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, of course, you know, going back to the statistics and uh, putting up the website and seeing what people are clicking on and not clicking and why not clicking, that's uh, always something that uh, 
we should take advantage of. Even with uh, social media, every single platform is going to give you analytics that you can look into. So comparing those two is definitely, you've you got to have both. Yeah. So both and it's it's not an either or it's both and and Dragana, I think again it doesn't have to be intimidating the way you just map that out for us. I mean, essentially, you said let's figure out what I like to call the customer's pain. You know, what are you yeah. struggling with? What do you really not like dealing with? Uh, how can we address that and add value and not not sell to you at that right. stage? You know, because that's not really it. And then I also heard you say we need to really sort of uh, roll up our sleeves and spend some time, some FaceTime, or if you can't, I mean, there's so many tools out there now, Skype or video casting, whatever it may be. But you want to have some of the relational things that I talk about on the show all the time, you know. And once you do that, then you begin to gather information. And as you said, after the sixth or seventh response uh, from that group, you begin to sort of see, you know, patterns. And then you also mention, hey, make sure you get that website out there. And you mentioned something that you didn't call it this, but I'm going to call it this SEO. (laughs) You know, that whole thing of understanding exactly how your website is going to fit in, who's clicking on what, who's not clicking on certain things and the challenge associated with that and then pivoting and figuring out next steps from there. So now, Dragana, we're going to have to take a quick break. But when we come back, you know what? You are a wealth of information and there has to be some backstory behind that. So just to prep you, I'm going to ask you a little bit about your story, you know, and how things were and how you transitioned to actually be here and really making such a huge impact right now. Okay. Okay. Oh, sounds good. All right. So, hey, everybody, you are listening to Dragana Mendel of Anagard LLC, and she's sharing so many things, SEO, uh, qualitative, quantitative research, pivoting if necessary, all these different things. Make sure you stay tuned and make sure you have a notepad and you're writing some of this stuff down. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. You are on with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, and we have been talking about quite a few things, but most importantly, the importance of having a go-to market strategy prior to launch. And Dragana has been sharing so many nuggets. Before we went to break, we talked about the idea of why it's so important to have a plan and a process, and she really mapped out some things for us. But I'm going to switch gears here a little bit. And You know, you don't get this much institutional knowledge and I guess you would just say expertise without going through some things and being motivated to do things differently. And Dragana, you you went through a few things. I I know just from a little bit of information, but I would love for you to share a little bit about what you experienced and really ultimately what led to your exit strategy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, my... I made a decision that I need to have an exit strategy when I was only 14 years old. Wow. Uh, so I didn't know back then, but uh, ever since I was 14 years old, every three, four, five years, uh, I was going through some major change in my life, and uh, I, I just have to assume it's going to continue, continue that way. Yes. You okay. never know. That's right. Um, 
It, it just was too, like a really personal story that happened uh, when I was young, uh, and I still remember that day so vividly after so many years. Uh, so it was uh, 1984. Mm-hmm. I was a freshman in high school, and you can calculate my age. <laughs> That's um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I was. Uh, I grew up in Yugoslavia, and uh, back then, in 1984, in the 80s, Yugoslavia was uh, just like most of the Eastern European countries. It was a socialist, communist uh, c- country. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Yugoslavia was not part of the Eastern Bloc that was dominated by the Soviet Union. Yugoslavia was an uh, independent, non-aligned uh, country. So... Our life as a as a middle class, as most of the people in Yugoslavia, was pretty good. You know, as long as you don't complain against the government, you're going to have okay life. Mm-hmm. Um, and one day, uh, it was a uh, um, the principal came in into the Marxism class. You know, he's still. Uh, back then, the Marxism was one of the required subjects, along with math and and language and science and everything else. It was it was uh, brainstorm brainwashing was required. Back yes. Then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So she came into our class and she said, oh, "I'm so proud of you. I have good news. You're the best class in the high school, and because of that, uh, I want all of you um, to participate in a school election. And I'm going to explain how the election process works." Mm. So the principal, she took the ballot out, she showed the ballot, and she said, uh, this is a list of 12 teachers who are competing for this position uh, in the school, and this is how you, how, you, how you vote, kids. You all circle number two. Oh, my goodness. They actu- she actually said that? Yes. Oh, okay. How did, how did you respond to that, Dragana? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> A rebel was born. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess I was always a rebel. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I was like, what are you... And, but she left. Hopefully, the principal left after telling us. And then when she left, I was starting, she's like, what do you mean? That's not an election. Election means you want to elect who do you want to be in that position, not circling person number two. That's not fair. Yes. And I was just going on and on. And it's the class of 30 kids, you know, 30 teenagers in a classroom. And it was, I was the only rebel and one other boy. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was quiet. Wow. So the teacher, she let us, the two of us, kind of complain and you know com- about the whole process, how life is unfair, this is not right, for about 10, 15 minutes. And she listened. And then she said, you know what? You don't know who is listening, kind of applying the walls have ears. That's right. Yep. And she said, you may want to stop this conversation because you don't know if that will affect your parents' jobs. That's right. Yeah. And it was so commonplace back at that time. Um, <clears throat> so did you, how did you react to that? I mean, once you were given that nugget of information, did you, did you feel the pressure to maybe tone it back some because you had long-term goals? Or what were your thoughts at that point? I was just a kid. But yeah. I think that day I grew up. Yes. Yep. Yep. And um, when she said that, I realized what kind of country I lived. Yes. And at that moment, I realized I need to create my exit strategy yep. because when I grow up, I cannot live in a country like this where mm-hmm. there's no freedom, freedom of speech or thought or anything like that. Wow. You know, so at that point, uh, I was, was, 
I was silent. I didn't want to uh, jeopardize my parents' job or anything like that, and that's the last thing I wanted to do. So uh, from that moment on, all I was thinking of, what can I do right. uh, as, as somebody in high school to leave one day this country, Yugoslavia, when I'm grown up, uh, when I'm grow up? So back then when I was in high school, my dream was to be a journalist or published author or something like that because I loved writing. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, doing my market research, uh, I don't think there was really actually a big demand in Western Europe for Serbian writers. Yes, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So the first market research, as you can call it like that, was for me to figure out, well, there's actually a demand uh, for engineers uh, oh. in Western Europe. I never thought about the United States. That'll be here, but my 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 I had my eyes set to the Western Europe. Wow! Uh, so that was my first decision to go into the high school, uh, where I would get a fantastic uh, um, education in in hard sciences and physics and math, so I can go to university and uh, and I was. Uh, I studied hard, and I got uh, admitted into very competitive university, university of Belgrade School of Electrical Engineering, uh, and that was computer engineering track. Mm-hmm. So that was my goal, to get a computer science degree and get a job wow. upon graduation one day. That was the plan. Yeah, yeah. It didn't turn out exactly that way, but that was my first five-year plan back then. So not exactly, but you know what? I I think the thing that our our listening audience needs to understand is that you had a strategy. I mean, even though, and I tell people this all the time, I just did a uh, radio interview the day before yesterday, and I tell people that you need to birth your dreams and your ideas. You know, they can they can sit dormant forever, but when you develop a strategy and a plan and action steps to get there, then that's the beginning. And yeah. Dragonite, it sounds like you you had that. And even though it didn't go all fully according to plan, look at you now. I mean, you're just it's amazing. You have so much information and and I know that you're adding value to people. And this whole idea of having this go-to-market strategy prior to launch and making sure you do your due diligence, it seems like you understand your craft and you're able to help people, not only with the the hard science part, the metrics and everything else, but you also bring a a certain uh, depth of touch when you're engaging people. So, hey, I, I think long ago at 14, you had an idea and you have run with this thing. So, Well, it's also when you're put, put in a position where you don't have a lot of choices and uh, I think adversity really makes you be creative and work hard and just uh, push yourself through. I think I think with your career, uh, when you're uh, in an NFL, you, you can definitely relate to that. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then even in your position, you know that your career is not going to last long. That's right. And yeah. so y- even though at the peak of your career, you had to exit strategy at yeah. some point. Yes. And it's so, it's so true because, you know, I, I thought, Dragon, I thought I was going to play forever. I mean, I was young and I'm going to date myself too, but I think we're pretty <laughs> much the same age. And <laughs> I think what happened with me, you know, I thought I was going to play forever. And then when that injury occurred, I had to have an exit strategy. And it, 
it speaks to what you talked about at the top of the show. I think we all need that personal exit strategy, not exit strategy, but a personal strategy for our lives. You know, I mean, it's not something that we actually go at in a haphazard sort of way and we don't have any direction. I think you have really sort of illuminated that for us today. We, we should all really be working through, you know, what we're going to do, how we're going to develop, how we're going to grow, and then also business-wise, of course, what type of strategy, you know, we're going to have. So would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think especially uh, today in a a global job market, everybody needs to think about the value they provide to the current uh, uh, business and what are going to be the next step. So think about the current job environment. A lot of the people are in so-called the gig economy. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a gig economy, you have to figure out, well, who is going to buy your services? Who is going to buy your skills or your time? And uh, going back to the career in in NFL or even career of a software engineer, Mm -hmm. it does not last forever. No, it doesn't. Uh, Especially in the field uh, of the software engineering, you don't see a lot of gray-haired people working uh, in in high-tech. Even even when I was uh, starting out my career uh, when I was 25 or so, uh, most of my... We only had a handful of colleagues that were in their mid-40s or so. I don't think I ever had anybody who was actually a software engineer and 50 years old or older. Oh, my goodness. So even for that perspective... Uh, you kind of have to think about, okay, what is going to be my next step uh, 10 years from now? Wow. And see, well, we got to take a quick break, but I want us to pick this conversation back up because what does that say about the longevity (laughs) of what we do? I mean, I think for me, and this is a hot button issue, and I know we got to take a quick break, but this is a hot button issue because, hey, people like you, you have institutional knowledge. You've been doing this thing long enough where you can still add value. So why would people want to, I guess, transition you out at that point? So <laughs> we'll talk about this when we come back from break. Hey, everybody, you are listening to Discover the Leader in You. And today's show is just powerful in the sense of adding value because we're talking about the importance of having a go-to market strategy prior to launch. And Dragana is just sharing just some nuggets with us. So stay tuned. When we come back, Dragana is going to let you know how to get in contact with her and how you can work with her as well. Stay tuned, everybody. back everybody to discover the leader in you and it's been a very uh, vibrant show and just learning quite a few things and before we dive back in just a shout out I, I know people are already asking my beautiful co-host Mariti Carthen is not here she at the she's at the ladies alive uh, summit conference with uh, Advocare so she gave me the green light to go ahead and do the show without her so but she is missed and just letting everybody know my bride will be back next week We're also going to have Dr. Michael Hartsfield on with us next week. He is a noted consultant in the areas of emotional intelligence and just impacting lives in a positive way. So now back to our show and our expert. Now, Jorgana, if people wanted to work with you or get in contact with you, 
Are you on social media? How could they get in contact with you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I Everybody can reach out to me on Twitter. That's always easy way. Uh, my Twitter handle is Jagana Mendel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my my website, uh, anagard.com, which is A-N-A-G-A-R-D.com, uh, is the best way to contact me. And I do promise that I do return emails and phone calls Pretty pretty quickly. She sure does. <laughs> I have to say that. I'm, I'm living proof of that. I've reached out, and she's been great. And, you know, hey, please reach out to Dragana. I mean, she is doing some great things. And I, I sort of want to transition because, you know, when I ask you to reach out and make sure you work with her, she offers a different brand of uh, consulting. And she also offers a different way of doing it because – You know, I don't have to tell everyone, it's in the media all the time, but women in technology, especially in the startup world, you know, where the majority of people are white males, it's not easy, you know? And so she has developed her own way of working with people, and she also has a woman's intuition, you know, and a very uh, depth of touch when working with people. So, you know, Dragana, how have you been able to bridge that gap? Because it's not easy doing what you do, especially being a female, no, it's not easy. It's definitely, it can be lonely sometimes because uh, when you're part of the big team and uh, most of the teammates are, do not look like you or they don't share the life experiences you have, uh, it, right. it can be a little bit lonely, but, you know, that's that's just the way it is. So you try to connect on a dr- different level. And what has worked for me uh, successfully over the years is uh, to connect uh, with other engineers about the cool new gadgets that we all share and love. <laughs> yes. So kind of like being more geeky, and uh, and and that works out. Uh, <laughs> I like that idea of being more geeky. I thought I was the only one like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is. It, I, I love technology, and uh, I'm always the one to get the latest and greatest version of all the different products and. Uh, I was definitely the first one to get the Apple Watch as soon as it came out. So, uh, you know, I never have to worry about my son, my little boy, uh, uh, knowing more about technology than me. So, which is also a good thing as a mom. That (laughs) is awesome. Yes, yes. And it's so, it's such a gap there. I mean, it's, if you're not staying on top of it, it can be a huge learning curve. You know, so now let me ask you something. I just had a tweet come across from uh, Cindy V's from uh, Cindy V's and Associates. She talks about the idea of having practical points to launching and improving your business. You know, are, are there any more nuggets that you could share with our listening audience, you know, that would just offer an idea of uh, how to be practical, you know, with this whole thing of getting ready for a launch? Uh, I think how to be practical. I think um one of the uh, the issues that I see that startups founders uh, kind of um, mistakes that they're doing is when they are looking to uh, raise money from investors, they have the same message, the same pitch deck presentation, and they go from one west investor to the other to the other to the other, and uh, they don't go far. Right. So, so going back to kind of the market research, and you need to interview half a dozen people um, uh, to get the response. The same thing with investors. You only need five or six to talk to, and if if things are not working out, you need to change. You need to what you change, what you're doing, and figure out why it's not working, and then start over again. Tweak it, tweak your message, change your product, change your message, 
then try again. So my, my practical advice is do not spend too much time uh, pitching the same product um, without changing it. Wow. If it's not working, uh, don't spend three months doing the same thing over and over again. Change it, test it, try again. Mm, now, now, see, you just added a caveat, though. You said change it, test it. And, yeah. you know, one of those things that we talk about from a very uh, practical standpoint, hey, you can't be so in love with your idea that you become insulated, you know, and the whole idea of testing this thing, you know, and doing what I talked about at the top of the show. And I'm not it's not a shameless plug about the book, but really trying to ask people, you know, what are your thoughts? How do you think this thing will fly? And. And it's one of those things, the more you're intentionally testing this thing, the more, in my opinion, you're going to have a groundswell of interest Mm -hmm. and people are going to want to maybe get behind it because they feel this connection at that point when they've had a say-so in it. And it's the same thing with investors. I mean, if if they have told you that's not the best way to do it and you've made some tweaks, then there's a greater likelihood that they may want to get on board. Right. Yeah. And the key key point is, Never ask person, hey, do you like this? Always ask them, hey, I would really like your opinion about this topic. Can you help me? Nice. That is good. Okay, so you, you frame it in a way where it's not the whole social desirability theory that says, hey, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Uh, I'm going to tell you <laughs> what you want to hear. And that's a true theory. I use it all the time. But when you ask them, give us again what you would ask them and why it's important. Uh, it just ask ask people what do they think. It's like, hey, what do you really think about my idea? Okay. I really need your help. I mean, it's like I really need your help. That is going to open the doors. People will bang over back backwards to tell you what they think honestly. Excellent. And that's exactly what you need. Instead of asking black and white yes and no questions, it's not going to give you the quality information that you're seeking. I like that. I like that. Now, and, and we're, oof, Dragana, we're almost out of time. But I, I have to ask you some. Some questions here. This is this is a passion of mine. You know, if we're talking about being a good leader, you know, how do you execute this go to market strategy? I mean, do you need to hire good people? I mean, do you need to be transparent? Do you need to motivate people or can you just tell them like you learned back when you were 14? Just do what I tell you to do. Uh, my, my leadership style, my preference is a tr- complete transparency, and uh, I don't like hier- hierarchies. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. just my, my personality. Uh, uh, I like everybody to be on an equal footing. We all have uh, information that we need to get things done. So I'm more of a peer relationship uh, type of structure that works for me and my personality. I and like so that. I, I seek people who will fit into the same profile. I like that. You know, and it's. You know, sometimes that can be a hard thing, but I know, you know, and you, you know, the whole idea of teamwork in the National Football League, you know, you have a, you have this thing of gelling and coming together. So (laughs) you have to be intentional with bringing people on that are of the same mind and they catch Dragona's vision because if they don't, then eventually we're going to have some major issues and some challenges. So if there was... One last nugget. We got about a minute or 60 mm-hmm. seconds left. If there was one last nugget that you would provide to people, Dragana, about really the importance of this go-to-market strategy, what would that thing be? Um, 
just uh, it's people, but because at the end of the day, it's all about people. People will do all the work. So surround yourself with people that you can trust. That's the that's the number one uh, that you, you trust. You rely on their expertise, and you know that you can work together well. Uh, you cannot have any team conflict uh, in a small team in a small business. That is uh, that's not going to work. So it's all about feeling good about yourself and the people around you. Yeah, that is good stuff. And those are some. Those are some serious nuggets there. And I think sometimes it's probably easier said than done, you know, and I guess I would have to ask you as a as a parting thought, you know, what happens when you have people that come on board? Do you transition them off if they're not blending well or how do you handle that? Oh, you just have to cut your losses uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. That is incredibly important uh, for small teams, small businesses, startups, when you have only a handful of people on a team. Um, if somebody is not happy, if it's not uh, working well on a personal level, and we all know that, we feel that, right. you just have to tar- uh, trust your heart. All right, good stuff. Hey, Jorgana, thank you so much for being on the show today. You did an amazing job, okay? <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Jason. It was a pleasure talking to you, and I know you're doing a wonderful job, and uh, I, I hope that your your book launch goes really, really well. Okay, thank you so much. Hey, everybody, it's been a pleasure to have you with us in the studio, and Dragana did an amazing job, and you have been listening to Discover the Leader in You, and I'll see you next week. Make sure you tune in for Dr. Michael Hartsfield. You Take care now. To Discover the Leader in You with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen. We want to hear from you. Connect with us now. Visit our blog and visit our website at jasoncarthen.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Enterprises. Follow us on Twitter at Jason Carthen. Let's keep the conversation going. And if you want to listen to the podcast, go to jasoncarthenradio.com. Be sure to join us every Saturday at 2 p.m. on AM 1420, The Answer, to discover the leader in you.